This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. I'm gonna knock you out. Your mama gonna knock you out. Beckinsale gonna knock you out. <laughs> oh, that's where it ties in. I just need to throw in Beckinsale, and it, it's an intro. Apparently. That's how it works. We keep telling Joel, but he doesn't seem to get it. That may have been. <laughs> Joel doesn't get it? That may yeah, have Joel been understand. the whitest version of Mama Said Knock You Out I've ever heard. He gets, I'm gonna knock you out. I'm gonna knock you out, homie. Your, your mother is going to knock you out. Uh, my uh, mother. Love Shaq, baby. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Kent. I'm Joel. And Jacob. So guys, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very special day coming up very quick. And we, we've done a few holiday shows before. In we fact, have. we had a whole show about holidays. We did. And I'm not sure this holiday even made our lists. Did it make your list, Joel? Uh, Man, that's a bad point to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hilton Day was in the top three. Yeah. I have to go back and look at my list. No, I don't think this holiday, if you don't know what we're talking about, you probably should go out and get shopping right now because Mother's Day is coming up right. Sunday. So yes. you need to go shopping. So this show is in dedication to all the mothers out there. Yeah. Send your mom a card. Write her a nice note. Or just have her listen to this episode because I'm sure her. it will be tasteful. Yeah. I think mothers are the few people in this world that you still need to call. You can't just text. They just need that call. Yeah, like call it's true. Me. It's true. And they it's like to, you know, my mom likes to butt dial me all the time. It's just like. <laughs> really? I'll just get occasionally get a, get a phone call and I'm like, hello. And it's just like noise and nothing. And I'm like, hi, mom. And I'll just hang up. Speaking of calls, I have a little something special to uh, share with you, Joel. Already? Already. What? Did What's you, going on? Did you get your mission call? I, <laughs> I got an app so that I could record calls. Oh. And I'm going to share with Kent later a uh, little snippet from my mom. So you wait, can, you can drop that in here. If you is want. this like, is this app called like the NSA or something like that? <laughs> it was, it was like, like OCR. It was actually a really stupid name for an app. Like illegal phone <laughs> recording or something. So wait, you're just going to have your mom say something and have Kent drop it in? Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. In fact, if not for having an insane week, I was going to secretly get a hold of both of your moms as well. Take and it easy. That's gross. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. A context, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Well, I'll be at your mom's house. Next right. weekend, anyways. Oh, so. good. Yeah, she mentioned you were coming. So yeah. Wow, we're like five minutes in. We've already made a yo, a yo mama joke. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not the last. This show, show is no dedicated the to last. the mothers that we love. Yo mama, <laughs> yo mama, be at her house. <laughs> anyway, so let's just get started. Basically, what we're going to do here is we're going to celebrate and I guess antagonize uh, many of the moms in media out yes. there, whether it's in movies or TV shows. Mm-hmm. And we we've done this before with our category shows, but we're going to go through and get specific. And see who wins, like, the awards. You know, basically, this is Little League, and every mom wins an award, regardless of how good they are or how bad they are. Exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, where do you guys want to get started? Yeah, we're going to do the normal thing. I'll pick go through these categories, and uh, and you guys entertain us. <laughs> you, so. you pick one at random. We'll complain about the one you chose, and then we'll give <laughs> And in the order decisions. you give it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to start off with a good one. Uh, right. Most manipulative. That is a good one. Most manipulative. Kent, do you want to go first? I do. Uh, my... Mother. <laughs> no, oh, just kidding. Your mother. <laughs> Does she listen to the podcast? No, she doesn't. Oh. The mother I chose is from Sons of Anarchy. Wow. Yes. Peg Bundy? Peg Bundy. <laughs> In the Sons show, her name is Gemma Teller. In the real life, her name is Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal. Fantastic actress. I mean, if you just know her as Peg Bundy, like that's a real disservice. And by the way, she was pretty young when she played Peg Bundy. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to tell that because she was... Made up as kind of this... Like, uh, dolled up in the worst possible way. Yeah. And it was like an old woman trying to look young, but in real life, she really was young. Yeah, she was maybe 30. Wait, so who, who's Peg Bundy? Oh, well, Pe- Peg Bundy's from, from Married with Children. Children. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Jake, Jake grew up on a farm. Oh, that's right. So he couldn't watch Naughty TV. No, my mom no. wouldn't let me watch Married with Children. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a fact. That makes sense. Like, it's a show that <laughs> I wouldn't want my idea. kids watching either, mm-hmm. but I watched it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. So in Sons of Anarchy, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's on F or it was on FX, mm-hmm. and it went for six seasons. It's a show basically about the Hell's Angels, hex but angels, hex, <laughs> hex ownership <laughs> angels. No, the, the biker gang Hell's Angels, right? Right, exactly. Right. And so, but these guys are the Sons, and they're based out of California. And the main character, his name is Jax. He's played by Charlie Hunnam. And he's this, it's kind of a Hamlet story. Like mm-hmm. the, it, it's the weirdest thing because it's based around a biker gang, but it's essentially Shakespeare. Interesting. He's the vice president of the gang, but he doesn't want to be part of it because his dad died a few years ago and his dad used to be the president. And he's like, 
Uh, I don't think my dad wanted president me. President of the invo- United States? The president of the motorcycle gang. Oh. My dad didn't want me involved in this. He wanted his kid to kind of be clean and not be involved in crime. But Gemma, the mom, is still very involved with everyone in the biker gang. Hmm. In fact, she is romantically entangled with the current president, played, oh. played by Ron Perlman. And it's very literally a Hamlet-type story, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so... She, throughout all six seasons, controls everyone there. In fact, one of the, I wrote down a quote, but one of the characters says, Gemma knows every truth behind every lie inside every secret. She's the gatekeeper. If you watch the show, you know this. She is the primary antagonist. Really? And she's the mother. And she means well, but she's the primary antagonist. She pulls a lot of strings in the show. Is there any good examples or anything? Or is that asking too much she, as far uh, as explanation? She uh, kills a few people and tries to take control of children. I mean, like tries to adopt children that <laughs> maybe she shouldn't be. Take control of uh, I, I don't want to just drop spoilers because yeah. it is. Yeah, a, I feel yeah. like it's, it's a great that's show. That's territory, I know. But she runs her son's life in every way, and he thinks he has the power. He's rising in power in the motorcycle gang, but she's always behind it. Smart. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Gemma Teller. Uh, well, Kent with some, went with something pretty violent. <laughs> I did. And I went with something a little more violet. <laughs> I chose Violet Crawley. Dowager Countess of Grantham from Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. That is adorable. Oh, man. Like, okay, played by Maggie Smith. Uh, if you haven't watched Downton Abbey, she's kind of the matriarch who's stuck in the old world and resists anything that's new, which is kind of ridiculous because the world is moving forward and she keeps kind of pulling it back in that way. <laughs> Here you go. Here's the quick uh, bio of her. Violet Crawley is Robert's mother and widow of the previous Earl. Violet was born in 1842 to a baronet. Violet also has a sister, the mother of her niece Susan, who is married to the Marquess of Flintshire, known as Shrimpy. In the 1860s, Violet was pursued by the Lord Hepworth of Hatton Park. Scandalous. What? Yeah. No, <laughs> all you need to know is it's Dame Maggie Smith in one of her best roles. Like a lot of, you know, Professor McGonagall, people love her in that role. Right. In this role, she has such a sharp tongue and such a way of getting her way with other people. Like she's able to do that whole, you know, like... You can do what you want, even if even, even if it means the death of me. And they're like, oh, okay, we won't do it. And she's always there to kind of try and get her That's way. That's very British, by it, the way. It is very British. Yeah. She's so passive-aggressive on the show. It's it's enjoyable to watch. Yes. And I, I, not only is she passive-aggressive, but when it demands it, she gets aggressive. Like, I love when she would just cut people down to size and tell them what she was really thinking when no one else would. And, you know, call things is ridiculous. Is this Pride and Prejudice and Zombies where that literally happens? Or? No, no, no. Oh, okay. If only. <laughs> but, uh, no, she's just, she's got a lot of sass, and I think that's very important. But also, I love the way she's able to kind of manipulate people and to point, not, not even in a bad way, but make people kind of see the light and find the error of their ways. So, is that basically the point of her character is to kind of say, you're making the wrong decision, let me kind of make you believe that my way is the right way. Exactly. And a lot of it comes from her tradition. She's steeped in tradition. And every time there's a break in tradition, she finds it offensive. And uh, so she does her best to try to keep pull back on the reins a lot so that the carriage doesn't get too out of control. Do you think Do you think this show would be as good without her no, in it? No. I, I think she was um, the star of the show, frankly. Okay. They had all the main cast, but every time Violet Crowley comes on, the Dowager Countess comes on. People loved it. It's just every time I'd read it, because I stopped watching at the end of season three, every time I'd read a summary, it mm-hmm. would say, uh, they have a fancy dinner and the Dowager Countess gets upset. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the entire that's episode. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my basically, I think that's on the cover, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> what's this show about? I would, I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah that's, that's my choice. You know what's Countess. weird? It's like Maggie Smith is, I don't know, probably in her 70s. Late 70s? Do you want to look that up? Ooh, yeah, sure. Maybe 80s? Yeah, she's old. But the thing is, she has (laughs) looked... Like Joel old. (laughs) (laughs) She's an old. Sorry. She has looked um, old. She's 81. 81, okay. Remember in Hook? I mean, remember in beginning of Harry Potter? Yeah, she was was Wendy in in Hook. Hook. Yeah, she's the old Wendy Oh my gosh. She's basically been 80 for 30 years. She kind of has like... She has found the fountain of youth, but it, it, unfortunately, when she drank, the, 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 <laughs> she found it a little too late. Yeah, she, <laughs> she found like, the Angela Lansbury she, version. Yeah, yeah, she drank it and it turned her eighty for about thirty or forty years. Yeah, because she has managed to stay the same age for a long time. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing is, I thought she was great on the show. I love her as Professor McGonagall. I, I even like her in Hook. Mm-hmm. And so she's an actress that I'll watch over and over again. Because, I, I, but especially as the Dowager Countess, very manipulative, very sassy. Thoroughly enjoy her. Absolutely, good choice. Thank you. Yeah. Same to you. Thanks. All right. Next category, best cartoon mom. And why is it Marge Simpson? So obviously Marge Simpson was <laughs> the choice, right? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, because the show has been running for 39 years now. 
and it's hard to really sure. choose anyone else, but I did. Yeah, because uh, I think The Simpsons oh, kind of gets lost we in the shuffle. We may have the same person then. We did. Oh, dear. Real For real, let's go. Three, two, one, Elastigirl. That's exactly what I had. I had Elastigirl. I had yeah. to look down right then because like, I did put Mark Simpson down. Yeah, so. Uh, Helen Parr from The Incredibles. I know. I'm picking a Pixar uh, choice here. Yeah. We understand you have. That's how awesome Elastigirl is. It's a lot of closet love for Pixar, so. Yeah. Well, in Holly Hunter. <laughs> it comes out that. on an emotional Stop day like that. Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. Holly Hunter is just a great actress. She is. And so to have her voice, this character who is just an all-around great mom, and then she's also a superhero, it's so fun to watch. Well, and she's actually very realistic as well. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's all well, these super things happening, and she's trying to save her husband, but in terms of, like, their family dinner mm-hmm. and holding things together. Yep. Sometimes by wrapping her arms around everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, she, she's a mom and, and she shows it. Yeah. And I have some odd facts, by the way. Apparently they're very specific. They said Helen can stretch any part of her body up to 100 feet and she can be made one millimeter thin. I had no idea it was that specific. Hmm. Like, I, I didn't know they put like limitations on it, but that's I, what they say. I want to make a mammogram joke so much. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> But I kind of love it. I mean, she granted she is uh, kind of a, the character how like the husband can be kind of a doofus mm-hmm. and she has to come save the day. And we see that a lot. We do. The dumb husband, shrewish wife trope has been played out in so many sitcoms. But I feel like at least in this movie, it's not overly played because she's not overly shrewish. It's right. more realistic. And then he's not an idiot. He's just... He makes some poor decisions. Midlife crisis. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's actually like the angle. It seemed like a couple of moms in the show, or at least I'm thinking of another one, like the... Like, where's my stretchy suit? You know, Samuel Jackson? Uh, where's yeah. my super suit? Super, super suit. suit. He, he's yeah. Not oh, yeah, he's not stretchy. I've got <laughs> stretchy on the brain now. Thanks a lot, <laughs> yeah. Stretchy on the brain. All right, so let's go on. Uh, best Mr. Mom? Um, I'll go first. Okay, you go first. Because it's Mr. Mom. <laughs> I mean, but that was a little obvious. It was, but like when you said best Mr. Mom, I'm like, well, it's Michael Keaton in Mr. Mom. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, 1983, uh, classic comedy starring Michael Keaton and Terry Garr, and it's... <laughs> It's early 80s. Keep that in mind. But it's this wacky world where the mom ends up going to work and the dad has to stay home with the kids. Crazy. Wacky. So I don't think a lot of people have seen Mr. Mom what? since it was made over 30 years ago. Yeah. I only vaguely remember hearing it existed. Like what were, I know it was kind of a slapstick comedy at it times. Was, like what were some of the things he had to deal with as a dad taking well, care I remember of the kids? He, he, got, he got laid off. And uh, so he was trying to... Make Is this the one where he's cloned into multiple people? No, I do love multiplicity though. <laughs> um, but like, for example, he doesn't, the enemy. he doesn't know how to run the washing machine quite right. So he pushes, he puts dish soap in the washing machine, ends up bubbles going everywhere and chasing his kid around. Like the washing machine's like moving and chasing his kid. So wacky. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to do these, uh, what's the word? Works. I, I'm saying it in Portuguese for some stupid reason. Yeah, say it in Portuguese and let's see what obras. happens. He's doing obras on his house. He's improvements. He's doing some improvements on his house. Wow. Obras? Really? What? That was weird. Wow. I may be really tired. 15-year flashback. <laughs> Apparently. But uh, he's trying to do all these things done in the house while he's also has his time and his wife's going to work. And there's one point I remember when his wife's boss comes home and he's just hanging around like, you know, he's kind of in a wife beater and all that. Mm-hmm. And he ends up just like grabbing like a chainsaw or something like that and throwing on some coveralls and be like, oh, yeah, I've just been working on the house. Like, no big deal. But uh, he, I mean, he just dealing with the kids, not knowing what he's doing at first. And then he learns a valuable lesson about how important it is to be a mom and how it's very, very difficult. Because they have the argument at the beginning of like, you stay home all day and I, I go to work and it's really hard and da 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 Right. And, you know, he sees the error of his ways and realizes, no, it's it's hard on both pe- parties. We need to come together and, and work together. So. Uh, absolutely. Maybe that's why Kevin Spacey's becoming a cat this summer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason why? <laughs> yeah. Why would that? Yeah, because he's going to learn the hardships no, of being a cat. No, he went to a mystical pet store owned by Christopher Walken. Do you want me to read the summary <laughs> no, again? No, don't do it. Don't I'll do, do it. it. I still so, can't believe that major number one. <laughs> it was an obvious choice, but really, I, that was the first one I could think of. And it, I couldn't get rid of it that the best Mr. Mom was Mr. Mom right. himself. And that's actually one of the reasons people didn't really accept him as Batman at first because of his comedic talent in Mr. Mom and Gun-ho. Beetlejuice and yeah, yes. Gun-ho and stuff like that. So I have an honorable mention really quick. It's uh, Dustin Hoffman from Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, I almost yeah. said Kramer v. Kramer, Dawn of <laughs> Justice. Uh, yeah, when did the Justice Dawn in Batman v. Superman? It didn't. Why not just call it Batman v. Superman? Why call in Dawn of Justice? They, they want you to know what's coming. They want you to know what's coming. When they had all those cameos, that was the Dawn of Justice. Are we talking about this again? Nah, For I just, real? I just think it's kind of like, a, they should just call it Batman v Superman. Let's just scratch Mom Day so, Kramer, talk about Batman <laughs> right. v Superman. Anyways, Kramer so v. when Kramer. Superman finally decides, okay. <laughs> Kramer v Kramer, which was the best picture winner, right? Yes. In 1981, In the 80s, because that's when they uh, basically had all the family dramas win. That's probably wrong. But he reluctantly has to take on the role of this single father because his wife, Meryl Streep, 
leaves. Those are actually the best sequences, I think, of the whole movie is when he's being mom. Yes. And so he's like, well, I can take him to the park, but now I don't know what else to do. I have to feed him. Anyways, this is just my honorable mention, but I do think he really rose to the task. 1979. Okay. And and I think he is a great version of a Mr. Mom. But the winner for my best Mr. Mom is Big Daddy from Kick Butt. Oh, I thought you... (laughs) I'm like I thought you Adam meant Big Sandler. Daddy, Adam Sandler. No, that would have been a choice that would have been worked. It would have worked, but I'm no, like I'm picking my job. I'm going more Nicholas Cage, Big Daddy, from Kick Butt. <laughs> you could say Kick Arse. It's okay. Kick Arse. Granted, is he the best father figure? No, he but his the first scene is him shooting his daughter in the chest while she's wearing a bulletproof vest. But the guy is like, you know what? I'm going to train her in something, and she is going to be the best at it, and that is exactly. What happens? That's a pretty good choice, actually, I have to admit. Yeah, and the, the kind of relationship... Honey fly, honey bunch! <laughs> the relationship they have is golden, even though it's based on murder. <laughs> you know, kickers won't kill people, and these two come in, and they just slice it's people up. It's a beautiful father-daughter relationship based on murder. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's honestly probably the best part of the movie, is them together, and basically how Hit Girl responds to everything that's happening based on how she's been taught by her crazy and it, it is crazy father he's got a screw loose but that actually is a pretty good choice i, I didn't even think about that one but you're right yeah yeah Man. random one all right good choice yeah all right let's go to actually let's go to most loving most okay. loving i will go first please do which one which one you know lorraine hey, mcfly wanna... from back to the future <laughs> what kind of loving are we talking about? <laughs> that took me just, I'm like, why was it? Her? Oh, okay. Oh, that's terrible. She's just a little too Wait, is loving. That your, is that your real choice? Dude, yeah. I remember oh, watching no. that as a kid and like looking around the room like, this is getting awkward. No, you see, as a kid, I didn't really catch on to what was going on. It was kind of like, oh, this is weird. But as I got older and realized how awkward it was, those scenes became almost unbearable for me when she's trying to put the moves on. Unbearable. Yeah, like Calvin Klein. Answer. I mean, Mel seeing... Gibson and Hamlet, uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, good call. Yeah, kind of terrible. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, Most it's loving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, best answer it took ever. A different interpretation. MVP of this. just for that. Yeah. <laughs> you have no right to declare that. Thank you. I do. I'm handing the Kate picture off. <laughs> yeah. Aw, I'll take it. <laughs> but no, kind of weirdly loving. In a weird, yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> <Most> loving. <laughs> Gross. Joel, uh, I feel sick. Well, <laughs> I went more traditional. <laughs> In fact, I went super traditional and went with June Cleaver from Leave it to Beaver. Oh, absolutely. She is the iconic 50s sitcom mom. And I would say sitcom mom in general. Like it was the whole, you know, dress and pearls and house is perfect and life is perfect. And But she loved her kids. Like, and you knew this because every time they get in trouble, she would be the very kind, very loving mother who would then tell them what they did wrong. And it, it, it always turned out for the better and they learned some sort of lesson out of it. But she's like the iconic loving mother and kind of the, I think the example a lot of moms are comparing themselves against, which is unfair because she's fictional. It's funny. I was researching this too and I was actually looking at sitcoms because we know sitcoms, moms to be the most loving, I would say. But I was trying to think of other ones like Carol Brady and a lot of other ones. And I'm like, they're incredibly loving, but I, from remembering the shows, they're very concerned a lot. They were. And it wasn't, it was just like, oh, I'm worried about the children. And I know that's love, clearly, but <laughs> June Cleaver. I don't care what they do. June Cleaver was like unconditional love regardless. Yeah, but the way Barbara Billingsley played that, it was just, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I've never even seen her in anything else. And I, I almost don't want to because I don't want to taint that image of her as this, like this perfect mother type. Yeah. Watch her play like a serial killer in like an old 50s movie or something like that. Yeah. I wonder Maybe. if she had. That's it. Research. Indeed. <laughs> Let's go worst reality TV mom. Now, I had a hard time with this one because I don't I don't watch a lot of reality TV. So I went with my gut and my first instinct on this one, and I went with Sharon Osborne. Really? Now because, tell us tell us who that is. Uh Sharon Osborne is the wife of Ozzy Osborne, who was on the reality show The Osbournes. Uh, their last name's Osborne. And uh, just help me out there, Jake. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> you don't watch Married with Children. But <laughs> I, sure. I, I never really watched the show. I saw so many clips because it was everywhere at the time. Like it was such a popular show. I could not stand clips with her in it because she was either doing something terrible or talking. And I can't stand her voice. <laughs> Wait, which is worse? I don't know. <laughs> can, can you do a Sharon Osborne? I can't. Re- Ozzy, what are you doing? That's actually really good. Oh, but she, and she's been like... Uh, kind of an awful person. Like she's done a couple different things where it's been in the news and then she has to apologize and things like that. And I feel like she's just not a good example for her children. 
And this is this is me being terrible because she's a real person, so it feels a little weird to bash on her. I'm sure she has her reasons and has her good moments. Sure, she's a listener too. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sorry, Miss Osborne, but uh, she's had her share of bashing on people too. Like apparently, she, she this is unconfirmed, but apparently she allegedly hired people to throw things uh, like eggs and tomatoes and whatnot at Iron Maiden when they played at Ozfest because of something uh, Bruce Dickinson no. Maybe, well, maybe, yeah, but when someone in Iron Maiden basically talked against the reality show. Mm-hmm. She says that's like an attack against Ozzy, so she hired people to throw things at him during what? the concert. Allegedly. And, Allegedly. And we're going behind the whole, you know, theme of reality TV. These parents are generally awful people. They're willing to sign up their kids to be videotaped and, and kind of have ruined lives to begin with. Well, and my second runner-up, I hope this doesn't ruin your joke if you had it, Ken. But no, go for my it. My second runner-up is any mom on Dance Moms. Right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, that's great! I, oh, I, I I couldn't sp- I couldn't pick out any specific because I've never watched the show because it makes me so uncomfortable to watch. And even just the thought of these moms are putting their poor daughters through this. If their daughters want to do it, fine, whatever. But the way the pageant moms, these pageant moms and dance moms, are trying to force their kids into this when they don't want to do it makes me sick. Yeah. So you mean like who I would say the queen mom, and this isn't my choice, but Chris Jenner would be I'd say the queen mom of reality TV. Really. I would say so. Well, I think, yeah, definitely now. Um, but she's not my choice. Neither was Mama June from Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> and I forgot about Mama, Mama June. Mama June has done some pretty terrible things. Yeah. And she makes Skeddy. Ugh. Uh, my go, go-go juice? Is that what it's called? Ugh. My, and actually, I hated this category on this whole list because I feel like it tainted the list. You like I picked this category. I did. And then and so, <laughs> whoever made this is an idiot. <laughs> hey, so I can go against myself sometimes. That's fine. But like I was looking at like, even if we go into some, you know, int- more interesting categories or great moms, that sort of thing. I'm like, reality just kind of taints the whole thing. It really does. Well, I mean, in like John and K plus eight and stuff like that, it's. Kate Goslin is my choice. There you go. I was going to say, she, I, I did watch some of that. Uh, only like, I think maybe a handful of episodes, maybe five or something like that, but I just couldn't take it. I feel like John and Kate plus eight started as this experiment. It was earlier days of TLC and they want to see bills. Yeah. And they want to see how it would go because it's interesting to have eight kids. Uh, I think she took that and ran (laughs) right. Uh, She became a fame monster. Uh, Everything became publicized, whether it was their separation and divorce that became a TV special. Yes. Um, She moved on to her own show, Kate plus eight, because she just couldn't let go. She went on dancing with the stars and made us all awkward and uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. Try to dance. I've never like laughed at reality TV as much as I have. I didn't see that episode of dancing with the stars. You need need to see it. It's on YouTube. You need to see it. It's (laughs) insane. Like it's cringe worthy, but you're like, I can, I feel like I can laugh at her. I feel like I can (laughs) mock her openly. Yeah. Although the thing is, I still feel weird bashing on real people. I'm just like, oh no, I feel bad. My right. conscience, Ken. It's a conscience. She would be happy that we're even talking about her at this point. <laughs> Probably true. Those guys in Bacon Cell mentioned me. I'm still hip. <laughs> you guys want me as a guest? <laughs> no. She well, maybe. Big retainer fee. No. <laughs> well, maybe. No. <laughs> I'm willing to sell out if it means more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know. Probably not. That is a sound bite right there. <laughs> it is. Totally the opposite of the truth. So, so Kate Goslin yeah. is the worst reality TV mom. Oh, man. Okay. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. Sorry about that. No, no. It led right in. Yeah. All right. We're being way too agreeable on this show. I think we need to disagree more. I think we're not picking the same people, though. But but it's just such a loving mom show right now. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that is kind of the the tempo here. If my mom were to listen to the show, I'd like it to be agreeable as much as possible. (laughs) Love you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who's the funniest mom? I mean, funniest, not like reality TV funny, you know, like what's wrong with her funny, but you know. The funniest mom. I'm interested to see what you say. And this is really, really tough. But I, I, I stand by my answer. Okay. It's Ma from Golden Girls. Really? Yeah. That's so- a clever choice. Uh, Sophie? Sophia? Sophia Petrella. That's what it is, yeah. She is the funniest mom. She's pretty entertaining. But she's not the mom of all three, we should clarify. No, just of Dorothy. Yes. And Dorothy is uh, Betty White? No. No, no, B. Arthur. B. Arthur. N- yeah, B. Arthur. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Rue McClanahan, yeah, Betty not, White, B. Arthur. It's not Rue McClanahan, I know that. But And fun fact, we've talked about this before, but Ma was actually the youngest character, the youngest actor on set. Yeah. By two years. Yeah. And she played the mom of Dorothy. Yeah. That's funny. Because basically she looked like Yoda. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you. She looks like Maz. Uh... Oh, Maz Kanata. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. I can see that. 
I, uh, I totally cut off my own singing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, keep going, keep going. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you for being a friend. Dun, 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 dun. Travel down the road and back again. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we could keep going, but we have sang this entire song on another on. show. <laughs> I'll just pull that clip and we'll, we'll play it again. Just drop it in here. Okay. But I was looking over quotes from Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. No. The best quotes. And it's so funny how lines of dialogue were, were set up to be finished by Ma. Ma was always the one that finish it off because they'd always say something like kind of boastful or something like that. Right. And then Ma would basically put them in their place. She was the American version of the Dowager Countess. Yeah, no, truly. Like, and she was, I mean, there was Betty Wife, Betty White, Betty Wife, <laughs> Betty oh, Wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was kind of like the dumb comic relief. And there was obviously Blanche who was, you know, the dark horse there. And I'll just say right. that. And they all had funny things to say, but it was always Ma who made fun of them. So remember we talked about Maggie Smith being 80. Yes. Was it something like that? 81. Guess how old Betty White is. Hmm. 94. Wow. 94? 94. I just saw her on a trailer or some sort of teaser just like a couple days ago. I thought you meant like, I just saw her on a trailer out back. (laughs) She's She's doing a press tour. Yeah. So I do have a quote from, from Ma, and I just thought this one was perfect. This is perfect. Sophia. She says, I think she's talking about Dorothy's boyfriend. Um, and she says, there's just something I don't like about him. I can't put my finger on it, but if I did, I'd have to wash it. <laughs> like, I was like, that's perfect. It's great writing. It's great writing. Yeah. And it, it's a great character. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing but love here. <laughs> what, what's going on? Uh, my pick for funniest is actually Lois. Not Griffin. Okay, good. I knew. Good. I can't look to be like, you're, I'm going to kill Man. you. I'm going to jump across this table and kill you. Lois, and she doesn't have a last name from Malcolm in the Middle. Wait, what? Ah, you never learn. They don't the, have a last name. You don't learn that. Well, it, you, if you, there is a last name, but they like, you can find it if it's out there, but it is out there. But the, most of the series, the running gag is you don't know their last name. In all the years Malcolm went to school, they never say his last name. They never say his last name. And in fact, at his graduation and like one of the final episodes, they're like, uh, next up we have our valedictorian Malcolm, like feedback yeah. right then. What? <laughs> yeah. But like they have like, if you look on, uh, I think it's Francis's name tag. It says like private, whatever his name was. And, I don't even remember. I think it's like Wilkerson or something like that. Hmm. But it doesn't matter because Lois is, <laughs> she's a hilarious mom. If you haven't watched Malcolm in the Middle, she's the mother of, of four boys. And the boys are kind of insane in the sense they're just rambunctious. Yes. And she, is, she rules with an iron fist. Like they still do terrible things. And she is so good at manipulating them and terrorizing them and getting what she wants. And the boys ha- fall in step a lot of times, but then they rebel later. Uh, also, you know, Brian Cranston makes a great husband for her. Uh, they have a great chemistry. He's just together. a foil for everything. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Like just the character is amazing, but she never admits she's wrong. And she's always just like, she's always has to be right. It's if there's actually a very funny episode where she, she thinks that she was right. They finally prove that she was wrong in this car accident kind of thing. And then they find videotape that proves that she was right the whole time that someone like drove a wrong way or something like that. They pull it out of the VCR and they're like, we're going to burn this and we're never going to show her. She has to know she's wrong at least right. once. <laughs> um, but it's a funny, funny show and I love the character and uh, I love you, mom. But we always joke around that this is the one that's very similar to my mom. <laughs> I, if I don't know if that's a compliment. That. No, it is though because she loves her boys. She really does. And she just has to get after They're They're terrible boys. And uh, she has to get after them all the time. That's why she is so uh, just, uh, you know. Manipulative, basically. My mom was never that manipulative. She's much more funny. You have three boys in your family and one sister. Right. And so... It, Same in their family. Uh, well, Did yeah. they have a youngest daughter? No, it's, it's another son, actually. Jamie. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. another boy. Uh, that's the thing. They always wanted a girl. And they have a whole episode where she dreams she has girls. But she's a hilarious actress. She does a wonderful job on the show. If you haven't watched Malcolm in the Middle, I highly recommend it, especially if you have brothers. Okay. All right. I, well, mom is supportive for all the wrong reasons. This is actually Lois Griffin. <laughs> Funny you put those two. You bringing together. in Family Guy now? I'm bringing in Family Guy okay. because uh, while well, Marge Simpson, I've talked, we've referenced her. Uh, she stays by Homer, who is a fool and does a lot of dumb stuff, but he really is a good guy. Peter Griffin's a terrible human being, a terrible person. <laughs> does not deserve uh, a wife who supports him like Lois supports him. Uh, Lois Griffin is she's in, she was she I I don't hate Family Guy as much as Kent does. I enjoyed it for a time. I don't really watch it anymore. But I did enjoy Lois's role in that household. Um, just that kind of – she almost at first was a straight man playing to all these crazy characters. Yeah. But then she herself also kind of has this crazy side. 
And I find that entertaining whenever those little cracks of it come out, like, you know, that she used to be a drug drug addict or she has kleptomania and things like that. Yeah. It's funny when that comes out, but she really should not be with Peter Griffin. I think that's just not a good match. And No, probably not. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For me, the supporter for all the wrong reasons is Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm going a little dark here again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a theme here. Yeah. Uh, she is such a loving mother. And I think that's all you can say about her character in this show. Yeah. Like the only real good thing is that she wants her kids to succeed and she will do anything to make that happen. Anything. A- like, I want to stress, if you're thinking of it, Yes. Yeah, she, she has done it or will do it. Yeah. Um, now, I am mid-season five, uh, and, you know, with clear play, I'll get through that in like a half hour. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but so don't, no spoilers here, but do you have any uh, specific examples you can give? or? Well, I mean, I'll just talk about Joffrey. She knows he's a, her son. He is a grade-A psychopath. Right. Uh, he's her oldest child. He is, you know, at one time next in line for the throne and then becomes king. Is it only child? No, she has no. three altogether. Ah. But Joffrey is the one. He's the oldest. He's he gets the birthright. Yeah. And she doesn't care he's that he's crazy. She she is actually afraid of him, but doesn't care. She will wipe out anyone to make sure he stays in power. Because it means a cushy life for her, too. Oh, absolutely. I would say she's one of the worst mother in laws to have as well, because anyone who's interested in like her sons or daughter or whatever, she'll make their lives awful. Oh, absolutely awful, meaning like life threateningly awful so yeah cersei lannister very very supportive probably not for the right reasons <laughs> yeah <laughs> that makes sense okay so right. let's see if uh you follow up kent with the same answer what mom is most attractive <laughs> <laughs> did we pick the same one for this okay I, th- I felt there was an obvious choice and so i had to come up with runner-ups because i had one that i was like well that's obvious i'm just gonna say this hey missy I mean, mom. <laughs> well, wait, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Yeah, Missy from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> took me a second to... <laughs> hey, Missy. I mean, mom. It's, uh, for those of you who haven't seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, his mom remarries a girl that's practically Bill and Ted's age. Yeah. And they're super attracted to her, but it's his stepmom. And so it's kind of funny. So being a youth uh, watching this movie and the fact oh, no. that they had such like a hot mom driving a cool red sports car. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's way hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I never thought I wanted to be my mom like Lorraine McFly style. But I was like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's <laughs> that awesome. Was, that was your I, first it basically, <laughs> she basically just instantly created this crush that I had Well, because she was portrayed as this hot mom. And I'm right. like, yep. Well, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into details here because I don't want to know, but we all had the mom, friend's mom who we thought was cute growing up. It was like, right. oh, she's pretty, you know, all of that. And, and so I think that was kind of the, the ultimate of that. It's like, she's almost your age even. And mm-hmm. she's not, you know, but yeah. Right. And then I said, like, honorable mentions, like Vivica A. Fox in Independence Day, back wow. when she was very attractive. Okay. And uh, Rose Byrne in any movie, because she usually <laughs> plays the mom. <laughs> so Rose Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. Good Rose Byrne, Rose Byrne. Who's that? She's uh, in X-Men First Class. She's in Neighbors with Seth Rogen. Yeah, uh, she's in Insidious. Yes. Oh, she's the mom in Insidious. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. She's a mom in Would that one. Would you agree? I do agree, yeah. She is a mom in that one. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of an Annie, too, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right, Rose Byrne. Well, I went with my my obvious one was Kate Beckinsale in Click as uh, Donna Newman. I actually was looking for roles where Kate Beckinsale was a mom, and I was like, why? Why am I struggling here? She's a mom in that one, and and she's a very attractive mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my runners up <laughs> were Samantha from Bewitched. I, I had a huge crush on Samantha. Uh, Even up. now, like, could you look at? Yeah, I, okay. I still think that she's a very attractive woman. Uh, why can't I remember her name? Who she's got her? this like bell shaped hairdo. I don't know what What's that style the, was called, but it was. I don't know. Just kind of throws me off. Yeah, Elizabeth Montgomery. That's her name. Yes. Um, and also, I put Morticia from the Adams Family. I also find her Angelica Houston. No, what? no, the original Adams Family black I, and white I, series. I, the, yeah. I know. I was giving you. Yeah, yeah. I always thought she was attractive. N- not, not as much Lily Munster, although she's fine. But yeah, but Morticia Adams. I don't know. Something there. <laughs> something there. <laughs> something there for Doctor Matt. <laughs> I think there's something there I haven't seen before. I'll tell you when you're older. Uh, Okay. All right, next one. All right. Best adoptive mom. My choice for best adoptive mom was actually Molly Weasley from Harry Potter. Do tell. Because she has her Weasley clan, who she rules with an iron fist, and she's very stern with them. And then Harry... There's a theme here. Yes. Okay. Harry has no mom. Well, he does, but you know she can only talk to him through pictures and mirrors. 
Um, <laughs> Sounds weird. It does a little bit. But you could he, just say she's dead. He, he <laughs> she's dead a, in the magic world. He has a couple foggy father foggy figures, father figures in the in the movies. You know, like Dumbledore or you know, spoiler alert, Sirius Black. Uh, and I think that the mother figure was really lacking until Molly Weasley really took him in and took care of him. And I love that relationship because she will be just chastising her kids and turn around and be like, oh, Harry, dear, I'm not mad at you until he deserves it. And then she gets after him like any good mom should and disciplines him for doing things, especially when he, he's living under her roof. He has to abide by her rules. And she's so loving and so kind to him as an adoptive mother. And she's pretty awesome to her own kids as well, including uh, zapping Bellatrix Lestrange. Does that Spoiler make alert. does that make it weird though that Harry hooks up with his adoptive sister? No, Ginny? because it, super weird. No, I mean I I, I called some weird. of my friends kind of weird, right? Yeah, I called some of my friends mom, mom too, just like mom, another name for you know I called him that name. Wait, what? Like some of my other friends. Should we talk to Doctor Matt? No, real I, quick. No, like I called like my closest friends. I called their mom's mom too. But then like, did hey, you mom. hook up with their daughters? No, well, that's that's what I'm asking. No, it's crossed his mind apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I no, there was well, a hesitation there. They're not related. No. It's not like it's not like that makes the relationship weird with the ones you know the the sis, the. Well, they bring you in and you <laughs> like live there and stuff. Then it kind of changes it. Well, yeah, that's when Harry and Ginny. And it's like, love. when did this? How did this start? What is going on here? There's nothing I'm talking about, about Harry Potter and Ginny because, right. yeah. You know. Well, that, that felt like it was tacked on at the end anyway. Yeah, it was. But Molly Weasley would be my number one choice. My runner-up, actually, is Carol Brady from The Brady Bunch. And I know it's weird to give her the runner-up because she was the ultimate adoptive mom. But uh, I honestly forgot about her until last minute and had mm-hmm. to throw her in somewhere. So she's an honorable mention as adoptive mom. <laughs> I feel like she right. deserves more, but I didn't put her on my list anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking to someone. You guys just don't want cliches. I, I was talking yeah. to Amy, and she said, oh, you're doing your mom show? And I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, you mentioned Carol Brady, right? And I was like, up. Here we go. Typing it up now. The mom I think is the best adoptive mom is Ellen Ripley from the Alien Quadrilogy. Oh, and Newt. Yeah. So Ellen Ripley, it, not the first one, you know, she takes Newt? care of a cat. Is that the cat? That's no, the no. girl. But in the second movie, Aliens, she finds a, oh, right. like, basically a lone survivor on this planet where everyone has been killed by aliens. She reluctantly takes her in and does a lot of good for her because this girl is like Newt the Mute, basically. She doesn't talk very much. She won't say anything. She's afraid of everything. And Ellen is so, so tough, as we well know, that she kind of gets her to a place where she is confident and comfortable. Um, this all changes in the... And then she be- becomes Winona Ryder. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I know. <laughs> in the beginning of Alien 3, ruined everything because that could have been a great story. Yeah. It's actually supposed to be fixed in the newer Alien movie, not the Prometheus sequel, but the other movie. Oh. Newt and Hicks are supposed to be alive. Really? Yes. Well, that's interesting. Um, also in... They're working on two productions of Alien right now? Yeah. Well, uh, Prometheus is like the, the, the prequels. And there's going to be a sequel, kind of like a Superman to Richard Donner style, the Superman Returns thing, or X-Men Days of Future Past. What a tired idea. It's such a tired idea. It is very tired. But also in the fourth Alien movie, and this is when uh, Winona Ryder shows up, Mm -hmm. there's this really strange thing at the end where there's an alien-human hybrid, and it calls Sigourney Weaver, Mama... Before eating like the mother alien, and then and it stuff. hits her with a pan and says, "Not the mama." <laughs> it does kind of look like <laughs> the, that baby dinosaur. <laughs> it's a really creepy sort of Oedipus thing going on there, yeah. and I'm just like, "Where is the series gone?" And it's it's clear that's a reason that that's why the series disappeared for many many years. And we'll see what happens in the future. But I think she is a good adoptive mom, whether to Newt. Or to aliens. <laughs> also, because that's what becomes. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if this will be the same answer. I, I kind of want to change it. But anyway, what's the best apocalypse mom? This is the mom you'd want after the apocalypse comes. I think this is going to be the same answer. Oh, okay. So three, two, one. Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Which Easily. incarnation of Sarah Connor, though? Because you have, you have uh, Lyndall Hamilton doing it in the movies. Uh, well, in the initial movies. Yeah, but who would win in a fight, Joel, between Ripley and Sarah Connor? <laughs> Are we going to go back to this? <laughs> Remember, yeah. this is round one. Yeah, that was, that was difficult times. It but, was. And then you have uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Yes. And then you have uh, uh, Lena Haiti. Lena I'm actually going to go anti-cliche here. I'm going to go Lena Haiti mm-hmm. uh, from... The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, Sarah Terminator Connor Sarah Connor Chronicles. Chronicles. Why did they name it that? I mean, uh, granted, and just uh, the only reason I'm not mentioning Linda Hamilton is because I'm assuming you may, because she is the toughest woman on film, I believe. Yeah. I mean, not only like muscle wise. Yeah. But she is just so cool. Yeah. 
Lena Haiti in the in the TV series, she actually has it more together. I think Linda Hamilton is a little bit uh, shell shocked. Yeah, especially in Terminator Two. Yes, things are going wrong, and she's trying to. She dealt with you know Arnie being bad in the first one, and now she's trying to adjust. In uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, she has it way more put together, way better plans of action to actually protect herself and her son. Right. And I just think she's actually a great character. I really enjoy that TV series. Kind of bummed that it got canceled. Well, I mean, and you look at the difference. I'm jumping to Linda Hamilton now, but you look at the difference from Terminator 1, where she's kind of this, just a girl who's caught up in this thing and freaking out. And then by number two, she is ripped and doing pull-ups and able to, you know, survive and do a bunch of awesome martial arts stuff and stabbing people with needles. And yeah. it's, it's insane to see the character development. And that's what I really enjoyed. And I would love to have Sarah Connor on my side when the robot apocalypse hits or zombies or anything, well, mostly robots. I, I kind of like, I don't know how she's fair against zombies. Oh, come on. <laughs> I actually like how she's been portrayed in every version, even Genesis, which obviously wasn't a great movie, Sega but Genesis <laughs> Genesis, I should say <laughs> like she isn't, she's not played as this, you know, weak character. Um, it's uh, Reese who comes in and he's the weaker character, doesn't really get what's going on. And she's the one saying, come with me if you want to live. I'm like, I like that she's always been tough. Even in the first yeah. one, she, is, she plays a victim for a little bit, but she really overcomes that quickly. Yeah. And so I think Sarah Connor is the way to go. She is one of the toughest women on, in cinema. All right. Wow, we agreed on that cool. one. Yeah. High five. What mom's most overbearing? Most overbearing mom. I'm going to, Ken, you want to go first? Or you want to go first? I'll go first. Uh, actually, I want you to go first. We may have the same one on this one, too. I don't think we do. Okay, I chose Margaret White from Carrie. Okay, I did not do that. Okay. So the movie Carrie, it, it makes me super uncomfortable. Overbearing. That's, that's an understatement. That's a huge <laughs> understatement. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I, do, I don't really like Carrie. I don't like the movie. And I think one of the reasons is because the mom makes me so uncomfortable how she is so just... I mean, she's insane. And if you, if you don't know, she's, uh, she's portrayed as a super, super religious character that finds anything relating to female uh, maturation as just sinful and awful and terrible, and it's because you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And she is, I mean, I was just reading through her, her fictional bio in the book, which is a lot more detailed than uh, the movie, and I'm just like, wow, that did not make me like her anymore. Ugh. And just the way that anytime Carrie would try to do anything and she would just, she'd beat her and lock her in the closet, make her say, you know, recite prayers and things like that. And then her stupid voice that, no, they're all going to laugh at you. It just, it really unsettled me. And I thought, when I thought overbearing, the first thing I thought was that mom, because there was just, it's just, she's just terrible. That character is terrible. Yes. She's easily the most (laughs) horrific part of Carrie. Isn't that weird? Because it's a movie. Much worse than the murder. (laughs) Really was. No, no, it's weird because that movie is all about this girl who develops powers and they are, they go haywire. Yeah. And then there's a crazy, crazy mom in the yeah, background. It's all about the crazy mom. That's the only thing I remember from the movie. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, right. I've seen girls with powers before. But it's that like, mom was insane. It's kind of like Pet Cemetery. Like, yeah, people are in, animals are rising from the dead. But there's also Sister Zelda. Oh, <laughs> you know. Oh no, I don't know. Gage, Gage freaked me out too. So no fair. Oh no god, fair. stop. <laughs> creepy, <laughs> creepy little boy. Uh, for me, the most overbearing mom is Mum from Dead Alive. This is a movie made in 1992 by Peter Jackson. Hey, he did Lord of the Rings. Yeah, weird, huh? <laughs> have you seen Dead Alive? I have not seen Dead Alive yet. I've seen so many clips of it. Oh, though. my word. I haven't seen Dead Alive. Oh, man. I'm going to turn on Clearplay for you and then just kind of secretly turn it off because you need to see <laughs> this movie in all of its glory. It's one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen. The blood stuff doesn't bother me. It's all special effects. Right. And this movie is so much fun to watch. If you, can, if you love horror comedy... This is almost the beginning. This is splatter horror. I, splatter. Want, I want to warn you. This is like there's, lawnmower to the face. There, yeah, there's a scene splatter. where Lionel, the hero, the reluctant hero, takes yeah. a lawnmower to a party of people. And it's it's ketchup flying. I mean, it, yeah. that's what it is. He picks it up and like like shoves it at people. And there's red it's actually spraying, spraying everywhere. an amazingly funny scene <laughs> it is glorious is it weird that just makes me laugh <laughs> no it's supposed to it's, uh, it's very campy like it's it's like an evil dead kind of thing where it's just like it's very tongue-in-cheek so mom uh she lives with her son or her son lives with her and she basically won't let him be in any relationship this is how the movie starts out he meets a girl at the zoo and she's spying on them and that's when she gets bit by the ra- a rabid spider monkey that basically causes the zombie <laughs> Man, outbreak. This, it's just right. tired, this, this trope, right? <laughs> Being bitten by rabid, uh, what was it? Monkeys? <laughs> rabid spider monkey. Spider, spider monkey. monkey, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's it's a rabid rat monkey. I'm sorry. Spider monkey actually exists. In this movie, it's a rat monkey. There you go. And it's a claymation creature, by the way, in this movie. So she becomes this zombie that he has to take care of. 
and it's still she's very passive aggressive as a zombie. Okay. But then in the end, and this is why I say overbearing, she becomes this literally giant zombie, and she swallows him up in her womb. Oh my gosh! Like he uh, gets swallowed up, and he has to burst we, his way out. Can you call Doctor Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I mean, it's the intention there is obvious. It is. And so she is just, I think she's easily the most overbearing because it's, it's a great character. Lionel's a great character. Go see this movie immediately. Okay. See you guys yeah. later. You guys. <laughs> right now. Both show some pretty horrific characters for overbearing. Right. You know, overbearing is like, <laughs> I think we have different definitions well, I, of overbearing. The one I, thought, like, I, did, I didn't really do it as much because I was going to do Nicolas Cage's mom in uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because right before she dies, she says, never get married. And then, she, then he's like, I don't know about that. And then she dies. And the whole rest of the movie, he has this haunting over her. And, but she's not really part of the movie. It's just that first statement. She never wants to get married. And then she dies. And he has to, it's kind of overbearing because then he has to follow that Yeah, because it was her last wish. Who's the most annoying? Well, right now? Uh, <laughs> no, it's easy. Easily can. So. <laughs> the most annoying mom yeah. in history is Betty Draper from Mad Men. Oh, good choice. I didn't she put her. is the worst. I, my honorable mention is Mama from Mama's Family because I hate her and I hate that show. But Betty Draper is the worst mom. She's awful. The, one of the worst people that's ever lived uh, on this fictional planet. I kept hoping that she would pull it together sometime during the series. She doesn't. She doesn't. And the, the, the show is, uh, it's really, <laughs> nothing happens. And that's pretty much the, the plot. Um, right. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually less than Downton yeah, Abbey. Don Draper is married to Betty Draper, and Don is a complete womanizer. And so Betty's at home, and she has two kids, but she hates being a mom and hates her life. And it's just, she's miserable. Yes. And then they make her fat for a season. And then she's... Like Battlestar Galactica. She gets ba- yeah. <laughs> and fat is, instead of fat Adam, it's fat Betty. And then she goes back to normal, and it's like it never happened. All she really does is she sits there... They were, sm- they were actually covering up a pregnancy. So, ah, she yeah. smokes... All day long, and like her son will come up to her and be like, "Mom, I'm bored." And she says, "Go bang your head against a wall," like without even blinking. Then she says, "Only, uh, only bored, boring people are bored." I mean, which is a Harvey Danger line, but still, I was going to say I've said to my kids more than once because of Harvey Danger. If you're bored, then you're boring. Yeah. So, I mean, she just doesn't care, and she never does. I I found several instances where she is actually like demeaning to her kids. I don't think she's right. ever said a loving word, and I can't stand January Jones. Or Betty Draper. Which is weird because January Jones is super attractive, but because of her I can't role, find her attractive Because at of all. that role, it's, it's difficult for me to find her attractive. Exactly. Last Man on Earth is helping. Okay, so, okay. Oh, Joel? She's kind of annoying in that one, too. She is. Most annoying? My most annoying character is actually Roseanne Connor from Roseanne. I... <laughs> Oh, gosh. That's a strange cartoon version, but... I'll see you guys later. Um, (laughs) I have never been a big Roseanne fan. Uh, I I watched the show, though. For some reason, I kept watching the show. I don't like it, and I didn't like her. I thought her comedy, the the shrill voice combined with her comedy, it didn't work for me. And I'm especially mad at the show because of how it ended, and so that kind of makes it even more annoying because... Spoiler alert. At the end of season... Oh, what was that? Season 8... At the end of season eight, they're at a wedding, and Dan, her husband, has a heart attack. Season nine picks up, and she ends up winning the lottery, and things are going great, and her family's living the high life. And then you find out at the end of season nine, this is all a dream or a story that she wrote because Dan died, and she couldn't cope. Yep. And it's just a horrible ending to the series that was a, a kind of a lighthearted series. They had their moments of, you know, a very special episode. Yeah. But this was just kind of cutting off the legs and really just made a, a sour taste in my mouth. Kind of weird that her daughter was replaced in the middle and she never even noticed, too. Twice. Like, they actually... <laughs> Twice? They, well, they, they switched to... Uh, uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Chalk. Chalk from Scrubs, Elliot. Uh, she swaps out with the daughter and plays her for a couple of seasons. And then it swaps back to the, uh, the original daughter. And, then I and think, they make one meta joke about it. Like, where have you so been? so awkward. It was just awkward. I believe it was twice. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. Um, anyway, so Roseanne, I, I, I just couldn't take that comedy and I just can't take her voice. And I find that it's really too bad because the way that show started out, like uh, it's so much potential. And in fact, it was hilarious. The Halloween episodes alone are fantastic. I, I actually do like the Halloween episodes of Roseanne. But then she, I think Roseanne, the person got a little too into herself. Yeah. Her personal drama got involved in the show too. Yeah. And it just got soiled. Yeah. But I, yeah, yeah, I just, I know, I know a lot of people like that show and they're not going to agree with that. But they may agree she's annoying because she can still be annoying and yeah. still be a good show because I watched the show. Just too annoying for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go most abusive and tell me how on earth it's possibly more than Carrie's mom. 
Mine was actually Cersei Lannister. It wasn't really. <laughs> Wait, most abusive most to her abusive. kids? No, 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 not to her kids. I just mean to other people's kids out of windows. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't going to say specifically who, but right. she has killed. She has manipulated. She is just mentally abusive to anyone who dares to even come close to betraying her. Not even betraying her, just going against her. And she is just. She's she's abusive, and to her own kids, she's protects them like she, they're hers. Yes. She's a mama bear kind of thing. But to everyone else, she's just an abusive, abusive, horrible person. So I had a, I actually had her on most manipulative, and I was I was dancing back and forth. But mm-hmm. in the end, I went with most abusive, Cersei Lannister. Okay, so my most abusive is actually Carrie's mom, Margaret White. Because <laughs> right, this is to me, this is very clear. I mean, like all the stuff you went over, she yes. believes her daughter is a witch, yeah, and she will do everything she can to stop her from living. She stabs her own daughter in the back. Literally, like, yeah. like not, literally, not figuratively. And, and she locks her in the closet. I mean, everything beats her with a Bible. <laughs> this is a really bad upbringing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of overbearing too. <laughs> she, a over, she's a lot of this, except for she's not most loving. I think everything but most loving in the, in this list is well, Carrie's no, no. mom. There's a couple there that I wouldn't put her on. Most attractive? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. Well, I don't know. <laughs> if that's your thing. <laughs> Anyways, that, that would be my choice. We've already talked about her. but Actually, Mr. Mom. That was probably a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go, let's go to inspirational then. All right. uh, most inspirational is Forrest Gump's mom. Oh, what? The character is, what? Ba- is basically a I hallmark. disagree. Walking hallmark. Everything she says is re- meant for a uh, poster quote. Yeah, dude, but aren't you no. kind of thrown off by the beginning when she gets him into the school? Yeah, how she gets him into the school? Yeah, like... Like, that, that remind really... Remind me, remind me. No. Uh, <laughs> you remember the old man coming over house and noises. Forrest, Forrest has to sit down on the stage. Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Holy cow. When you say Forrest's Most mom, inspirational. That's what I think of first is her. That's act, that actually ruined it for me, too, because I was like, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's lines I here. totally forgot about that. Well, apparently, you, that's what you apparently find inspirational. Apparently, you were inspired. Well, <laughs> apparently, I'm playing the part of Forrest, who is very ignorant, because everything he knows of his mom. You're it, not planning to send your kids to a private school. No. <laughs> that you can't afford. Everything he knows are, are nice quotes. It's obviously life. Like a life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Right. Um, you can tell a lot about a person by their shoes, where they go, where stupid they've been. Is a stupid does. And death is just a part of life. And like everything she says after she gets him into school, <laughs> it's inspirational. <laughs> I am going to retract my my vote. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty written in stone <laughs> right. now. Uh, my choice may be a little unorthodox, but I think you'll agree, Kent. Okay. I went with Mrs. Brisby from The Secret of Nim. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So The Secret of Nim is, if you don't know it, it's the animated feature that gave us all nightmares back in the 80s. Yes, it did. It's, uh, oh, what is his name? Dan, oh, what's his name? The guy that does all these. Don Bluth. Yeah, Don Bluth. Don Bluth did the movie. It's one of those uh, animated ones that wasn't Disney because it was a little too dark. It's about, you know, experimenting on rats and things like that. But the whole point of the movie is that Mrs. Brisby is a timid field mouse and who has a little red hoodie thing. And uh, her son is sick. And so they have to give him some medicine. And they live in this farmer's field, but the farmer's going to start plowing any day, and her son can't move for three days because he's sick. And so she, first of all, she has to go out and find the medicine, and then she has to figure out a way how to save her son without moving him, which, spoiler alert, they end up trying to move the house. And she goes through all sorts of scary things, like going to visit this owl, this really creepy owl with glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she battles with scientists and like you know, all this different stuff. But in the end, she is just like, she's just a field mouse. And granted, she gets a little amulet that helps her get extra powers whenever she becomes courageous. But still, her trying to fight against this massive, unstoppable force really inspired me as a kid. Okay. So, Mrs. Brisby. Tough mom right there. Nice choice. Secret of Nim. That's my choice now, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for the final one? There should be final two, right? Final one. Oh, there's two. We're skipping one of them. I'm saving it. For, you're skipping Scariest? Scariest Mom is going to be a good October episode. Right, but we can talk about that real quick. I had a good one. All right, all right. Scariest mom. Okay, we'll I had a good one too. Is it the same one well, I had? I you guys have a good one. There's got to be some good material here. Yeah. So, well, the scariest mom. I went with Pamela Voorhees. No, I didn't. Oh, so Pamela Voorhees. For those of you who don't know, uh, spoiler alert: she is Jason Voorhees' mother, and she is actually the one who's killing everyone in Friday the Thirteenth Part One. Yes, because her son Jason, who was uh, disabled went to the camp, and the counselors were fooling around and not paying attention. He, well said. He drowned. Quite literally. Yeah. 
uh, he drowned, and so she sought vengeance. They, they closed the camp down because he drowned, but then she sought vengeance when they tried to reopen it, and she is an absolute psychopath. And the whole movie, you think it's Jason's ghost coming back to haunt you, but yep. no, it's Pamela Voorhees. And not only that, she... <laughs> Oh, she speaks in Jason's voice. Yeah. And says, like, kill her, mommy. Kill her. And it's just, it's such a creepy yeah. scene. It's just weird. Like, she looks like a mom. Like, her mom face she's is She's wearing really a sweater. Yeah, you see yeah. her at first. You're like, oh, this is a nice mom with a nice mom sweater. Yeah. And <laughs> mom jeans. Mom jeans, mom hair. And then she Big starts knife. stabbing people. And it's really scary. It's very unsettling. And it's because of her that her son, after she was, ki- spoiler alert, she was killed, mm-hmm. that, uh, I like how I throw that in, is that people are going to go like, oh, pause. <laughs> he said spoiler Spoiler, alert. oh, man. Better pause <laughs> until I see this movie. Uh, <laughs> but then she's responsible for him becoming awakened from the bottom of the lake and becoming this giant killing monster, which has nothing to do with the boy in the first movie, but whatever. Right. Pamela Voorhees, my choice for scariest. Mine is Norma, Norma Bates. Oh! Right. I think these are almost <laughs> equal, to be honest. That's a good one. Uh, Norma Bates, because, well, uh, in the sequels, it never really makes it clear whether it's supernatural or not in the original. If we're just going by that, right. it's not. This is just Norman being crazy. But the thing is... Wait, so Norma or Norman as Norma? I would say both. Okay. If if I can, I mean, like basically, he because he has this other personality. It's not Norman anymore. It, it is right. this mother character taking over, right, and making him kill residents of people coming to pay for his motel. Well, anyone yeah. he's attracted to, he yeah, has to basically, kill. like yeah. she controls his life. And there is a TV series out now, Bates Motel, which is all about actual Norma and Norman together. Have you guys watched any of that? I have not, but I, I watched the pretty good first two episodes or three episodes or something like that. I can't remember if I got through season one or not, but I, I, I watched. I watched several. I haven't but. But it's basically, I think it's scary because it's the complete control in that he, like he, he knows probably when it's kind of going to come up and he tries to stop it from happening, but he ends up becoming a mother anyways. And the fact that there is mother sitting up, like upstairs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. looking the at room, the window. And then just, downstairs in the fruit cellar. Oh man. Good stuff. Good yeah, choice. Yeah, so, so good. good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Great choice. All right. Okay. Now final one. Final one. All right. I've saved this for last. Which one do you wish was your mom? If you didn't have your mom. Thank you for putting clarifying that because I'm very happy with my mom. We had a great childhood growing up. But I'm going to replace my mom in an instant with this lady. Me too, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do we put the same one for wish we wish you my mom? Uh, I'll go first. Please do. Claire Huxtable. Nope. Didn't put that. What'd you put? I put Marge Simpson. Oh, really? Yeah. Marge Simpson? Marge Simpson. Really? Yeah. I'll I'll explain why, but Cam went first. Claire Huxtable is the perfectly balanced mom. I think really she is the total package in terms of sitcom moms, which are, I think, probably some of the best moms. She is the voice of wisdom. She was hilarious. She has great understanding. And she just has this perfectly balanced life where she can go to work, raise raise a ton of kids at the same time, and she just has it all together. In fact, it has to rain in her husband, which we're not going to mention her husband in this case. Like, it's just a total package <laughs> deal because uh, I've been I've been really resisting a Bill Cosby. Like, it, it's it's, it's really too bad because my mind. I think the Cosby Show is legendary, uh, but now there's a taint on it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's awful. But Claire Huxtable, I think, is one of the best moms you could possibly find. She is a really good mom. Yeah, it's a good choice. It is Thank a good you, choice. Joel. You know, and I was really impressed with her acting ability when I saw uh, Creed. Yeah, no, she's well. great. I'm like, wow, she's really got it actually. Mm-hmm. Still, so yeah, she's okay. What? Uh, anyway, my choice was Marge Simpson. And I think it's because despite how awful her kids can be, despite how crazy her husband is, despite all the antics, she has an endless... She can endless, still keep that blue hair up. That blue hair stays up. But <laughs> right. no, she is, she is an endless fountain of patience. And she is always just so dedicated and so kind. And she is the voice of wisdom on that show, uh, which I thought was, you know... At first, it was all about Bart. And then as they started to kind of, you know, go through all the different incarnations of The Simpsons, it became about Homer. But Marge has remained this constant of just a good character who she has. She has her issues, too. Like, she becomes right. gambler. And, and they need like to that. create different plot lines and make her a little more mischievous later down the road. Yeah. But. Well, and, okay. So I just wanted to share this. This has nothing to do with the mom thing, but I just thought it was interesting. So Julie Kavner, who does the voice of Marge, she apparently has a, a contract where she will never have to promote uh, the show on video. She doesn't ever want to do the voice. She doesn't like to do the voice in person, like when people can see her. Really? Because she feels it ruins the character. Which wow. Which I thought was just kind of interesting. Uh, also, until 1998, she was paid $30,000 per episode. But then after disputes, it got raised to $125,000. Wow. Uh, uh, until, 1990, until 2004. Then they got paid $360,000 an episode. Holy awesome. crap. Oh, no, no. They were going for three hundred sixty. They only got 250000 So, you know, whatever. Oh, man. Life's hard. And then <laughs> in renegotiations in 2008, the voice actors got 400000 per episode. However, 
three years later, they cut it back down to 300000 because of uh, they were going to cancel unless they could cut down costs and things like okay. that. But $300,000 per yeah. episode of The Simpsons? Can you imagine? How many episodes of The Simpsons are there? And how many lines do you does each character actually have? Because yeah. there are so many characters. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. 300000 <laughs> Give me that job. Right. I've said right. it for a long time. The Simpsons, act, Simpsons voice actors would be the best job on the planet because you have 20 plus years mm-hmm. of solid, steady work and you can still walk around you know, Disneyland with your kids and not get mobbed. But yeah. Everyone right. in the industry knows you. Yeah. And you make bank apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Julie Kavner, for making bank and being a great mom. All right. Are you guys ready for another question? Sure. Jacob Twist. Oh, geez. Let's Jacob go Jacob Twist. Twist. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, guys. Okay. Do you have a favorite memory with your mom? Oh, Wow. God. It's a real question. I know. I didn't warn you because I didn't want you to tell me no. <laughs> I mean, there's favorite memory and there's there's most memorable because like most I have a lot of be fine. Yeah, most I have a lot of instances w- which really show who I am as a person, and sometimes those are even like flaws within me. But in, in a way, I always find them endearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like I don't love fireworks. <laughs> you, don't. you know, and we've talked about this on the show. We have. And That's why my, I hate America. My mom was, she was a little tight with money and, you know, right. she had, she had five kids. And of course the final two is me and my younger sister. We got kind of spoiled. We were the ones that got sugar cereal when the older kids did not. <laughs> Something they still tell us about to this day. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's funny. But you know, I'd be like, Hey mom, can, can we go buy fireworks? And a lot of people are going to see this as abuse, but I see it as just such as adorable, like slice of life with my mom. She'd go, I'll show you a firework. And she'd take a, I think I shared the story on the show. She'd take a $5 bill. You just told me once. I don't think you've said it on the show. And she lighted it on fire. She really would light it on and fire? And she says, that's what you do. That's what happens when you buy fireworks. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wow. Same thing happened. We go to a casino because we used to go to Vegas a lot to see my cousins when I was a kid. And like she'd take us walking through the casino. And I'd go, mom, 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 play the slot machines, play the slot machines. And she didn't care for it. Neither right. did my dad. And she goes, you want to see me gamble? And I said, yeah. She'd take $5 and throw it in the garbage. Gosh. It was kind of like, now that's what happens when you don't take notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just stories like that that really it's just character defining moments with my mom. And like, obviously, there's so much love there, too. But I'm like, I love you, mom. Like, it really determines who I am, too. Kind of stingy and tight. I mean, it's and, clearly made an impact. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, you still complain about fireworks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently you do. Right. Um, wow. That's it. And I know you're going to share a really adorable story now. So No, the thing is, I'm trying to think of a story that won't make me cry if I okay. try to tell it. Because there's a bunch of cute you're ones. You're like that. But I'll tell, Just one, go right I'll tell ahead. one that I remember. One of my earliest memories, actually, is uh, I was at our old house uh, back in Roy. And we were I was walking along this little cement wall, this t- like half cement wall. And I fell off and went into some rose bushes. And it Yikes. just sliced up my arm, like, you know, a couple inches on one arm, and it was just bleeding like crazy. And I'm, you know, probably three or four. I really don't remember. It was a long time ago. I'm an old. But I remember right. I, I went inside, and I knocked on – my mom was in the, in the bathroom. I think she, I don't know if she was showering or what, but I knocked on the door, and I'm like, Mom, I'm, I, cut, I got cut. And she's just like, just give me five minutes, peace. And just, get, you know, go wrap it. Or she said, go uh, take care of it or something like that. And I was like, okay. So I went to the linen closet and got one of her nice towels <laughs> oh, man. and wrapped it around my arm. And then when she finally came out, she was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, she was very concerned when she came out. But right. I remember that being like kind of this funny little moment of just like her uh, just wanting some peace because she's a mom of four kids at that point. Yeah. And just wanted that little that time in the bathroom and wanted everyone to leave her alone. But then when she came out, she was legitimately concerned and did take care of me. Right. Yeah, she didn't burn anything in front of me, though. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, Jake, your turn. Oh, um, yeah. Jacob, double twist. <laughs> double twist. <laughs> Kitten twist. Okay, I did have something ready, actually, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was ready. Otherwise, I would have been, it would have been like a, a full minute of me going, um, so. <laughs> so like Which is where we're at now. Basically, yeah. right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so as a teenager, I was, I didn't have a curfew, and I was, I was, out a lot. I was out late every single night and there was always a lot of stuff going on. And it was, it was kind of a crazy few years and she'll say that they were her hardest and things like that. And, uh, she, this is a woman who has buried children, who has had handicapped children, multiple, and will still say with a smirk that I'm her greatest trial. (laughs) And, uh, uh, so when I would come home at one to 3 AM routinely, I would find my mom in the living room in the dark waiting until I got home. With a shotgun? And just to make sure I was okay. Like she wasn't comfortable going to sleep. 
And I would come in and I would put my arm around her like, I'm safe, mom, you can go to bed. And she would do it over and over and over. So she had to play the father figure in this case. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah. And that was, that was always cute. Did you ever feel guilty? Because you kept doing it. I did. I did feel guilty. And I, I remember I would be driving home and be like, please let my mom just be in bed. Right. And, uh, and there were some nights I just knew she wouldn't, you know. Yeah. And so, but yeah, no, it did actually make no, that's, an impact. that's actual love. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the thing is like, I, I didn't want to tell any story relating to Kelly. Like I'm, I'd get emotional. I know I would, but, uh, just know yeah. mom, if you're listening to this episode, I chose that story cause it was the least emotional I could tell, but there's yeah. plenty of good stories out there. Yeah. Now the, uh, what has happened to bacon cell? <laughs> this is adorable. No, it's a mom Are episode. We group hug it really should this? be a big group hug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, there we go. So there's our, our list of great fictional mothers and some real mothers as well. And if you have some good stories about your mom or want to share something inspirational or cute or funny, yeah, obviously. We, love funny we, 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 we know we like funny, uh, let's throw us know it up on, on Facebook. on Facebook and we'd love to hear your stories. Yeah. Or baconcell.com as well. We'll also take them on Twitter. Yeah. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can uh, find me at, at 76 Joel, or you can find me at QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at 10 o'clock. For more details, go to face- their Facebook page or go to qwcomedy.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can also read my reviews at showtimeshowdown.com. And also every Friday morning, 8.30 a.m., you can find me on KJS Channel 14. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Jacob A. Rogers uh, or talking to my mom on the phone, telling her I love her, trying to make up for all those bad years. So... <laughs> Right. Which it seems like you have a lot of work to do. There is. There's some there's definitely some repayment to be made. <laughs> Alright, so until next time, Yippikaye mothers. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't bring anyone mother into this. She ain't here. If it wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here. But remember when you put down one mother, you put down mothers all over the world. So this show is in dedication to all the mothers out there. I want to make a mammogram joke so much. No, I was going to secretly get a hold of both of your moms as well. Take it easy. That's gross. I'm going <laughs> to knock you out, homie. Your, your mother is going to knock you out. Yeah, I've got to <laughs> stretch you on the brain now. Scandalous. To, you know, my mom likes to the butt dial me all the time. The relationship they have is golden, even though it's based on murder. Maybe that's why Kevin Spacey's becoming a cat this summer. Thank you for being a friend. (laughs) Travel down the road and back again. Gross. Joel, I feel sick. Mama. Not the mama. (laughs) Creepy little boy. But you could just say she's dead. Kill her, mommy. Kill her. Is it weird? That just makes me laugh. Beautiful father-daughter relationship based on murder. (laughs) Oh, this is a nice mom with a nice mom sweater. Yeah. And (laughs) mom jeans. Mom jeans, mom hair. And then she starts stabbing people. Tell you when you're older. Uh. This is getting awkward.